Blog Talk Radio. Two raptures involving 
Christians, believers, well, in Jesus is the Christ, the Son of a living God. And the first event happens before the tribulation starts. And that event is for the Church of Philadelphia, God's faithful remnant, who kept his word with perseverance. And then when they're gone, the Antichrist will come. The great falling away will happen, which leads to the time of testing. When the Antichrist will take over the entire planet and set up a new world order, a Luciferic new world order based on digital money, a digital society. And if you don't worship the devil and serve him, you are locked out of the system, Lorraine. And that means you can't buy or sell anything. You can't even buy a glass of water. Nothing. And then the Antichrist will lead a hunt for Christians for three and a half years. And it will be the worst persecution in the history of planet Earth. But the good news is we can escape the tribulation in the first of two raptures if our walk with God is worthy. And there you go. And how do you have a worthy walk with God? Pastor Harry, what is a worthy walk with God? Well, a worthy walk with God is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said a, a work, what makes a walk unworthy is um, drunkenness, partying, the cares of the world, not doing the will of God, getting all involved in the sins of this world. So we have to keep ourselves far, far, far from this world and its sinfulness. And that's right in the book of Luke. But, you know, two raptures was two raptures is locked in the scripture for thousands of years. And that's what God told Daniel. He said, seal up the prophecies uh-huh. and its understanding until the time of the end when knowledge and travel have greatly increased. Well, knowledge and travel have never increased any more than now because we can travel anywhere around the world on a jet plane within 11 hours. And now they're trying to put a man on the moon and Mars. So pretty traveling has definitely increased as far as knowledge. (laughs) Well, with the advent of the internet and artificial intelligence, you can Google virtually any information is right at your fingertip, one or two tips away. So we're clearly there. And in 1982, that's when God broke the seals and revealed to me the prophecy of the Church of Philadelphia and two raptures, which was that when I come out with this new book, the answer to raptures, that'll be the title of my new book. Your title? Yeah, we're changing it to that. So. What, I, I didn't hear that. What was... Oh, the book the book God led me to write and publish in 1982 was The Answer to Raptures. And when we re- come out with the book again, reprinted, it'll be called The Prophecy of a Church of Philadelphia and Two Raptures. So that's... I, I'm holding that okay. hand right now, Pastor Harry, that you were kind enough to give me. And um, you were talking about... Uh, how you have to live without sin and not the cares of the world. Would a mega lotto system be considered a care of the world? No, but the lottery is just something that it exists. And um, the problem with the lottery, it, it feeds people's greed. People think of the lottery and then automatically they think of all the things they can buy and all the pleasures they can have and all that. But 
I do believe it's in the Bible code that one day soon I, I am going to win a mega lottery. And for the purpose of restoring Jesus' lost church, his true church on this planet. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a very big endeavor. It's going to take a lot of money, but it can be done. So I see. that's what that's what I believe will be the next great event uh, on the prophetic calendar. Okay, are you a prophet? Am I a prophet? Well, a lot of yes. people call me a false prophet. But am I a prophet? <laughs> I, I, I would say no, because a prophet received the, ri- the writings of prophecies thousands of years ago. God doesn't give new, new prophecies, new books of revelation. What God gave me is the interpretation so I could interpret them correctly. Like the book of Revelation and the subject of the rapture, there are two raptures, not one. So I look at myself as a secondhand prophet. Like I have a secondhand Lincoln. I don't have the one out of a showroom. Okay. So you're saying that does not give new prophecy to anyone? When there's the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, um, past evangelists and teachers. He doesn't give new prophecy as like, well, this is the new prophecy for the coming of Jesus. The, the prophecy oh, has God. already been. The prophecy has already been given. It's interpreting right. it. it. It's what I'm doing. I mean, I they're they're different kind of prophecy. Paul wrote about that. He's talking more about when they saw a famine. God showed them a famine was going to come in the first century so they could store up food. Something like that. That's like a word of prophecy. That's different from the written Bible prophecy. And, but all the, you know, the false pre tribulation view gives believers a false hope. It tells them no matter what you do, when that trumpet sounds, the whole church is being lifted up in the heavens. No matter how evil you are, not true. And it doesn't happen in the middle of the tribulation, and it doesn't happen at the end because there's two raptures. So really, it's up to us. We decide if we want to be taken in the first of two raptures or go through the horror of the great tribulation. It's our choice. Because the, the second rapture slash resurrection event won't be a surprise at all. Today, the Antichrist lifts up, lifts up his sword against Christians to wipe them off the face of the earth. The Bible says he has 1,260 days, three and a half years. The beast will wage war with the saints for 1,260 days and overcome them. So, okay. what, what, that's, so that's what we're looking for. But that won't be a secret either. I'm just saying, Lorraine, they will be broadcast. They'll have a global countdown of that day every day. As a mockery, you know, to show what happens every day, because uh, they want to mock okay. it, it, when the last day comes, okay. nothing happens. Okay, First Thessalonians four one, you say fifteen. I'm looking at your book, the answer, your one that you're going to be redoing here, and I'm looking on page forty five, and you reference those scriptures, and you reference twelve hundred for global genocide. And then it, it you say Matthew twenty four thirty six. Can you explain that further, please? Well, Matthew twenty four thirty six is um, that 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 is the uh, 
the verse where Jesus himself is talking about the uh well he's talking about the first rapture event there. But um it, he it's says just, of this day no he says of this day no man knows nor the angels but my father only. Right. We don't know the exact day, but we know the signs and the wonder and we know the signs that will happen preceding it and we know who it's for. It's for those that have a worthy walk with God. You see, but the second rapture event in Thessalonians, you see the event that says Paul wrote, for at the trumpet will sound, and another in Corinthians he writes, for at the last trumpet, for the last trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so ever be be with him. Well, the word caught up in English was rapio, and that's where they got the word rapture. If you notice, okay. Uh, one next... second, one, one question before we go further. When you say the dead in Christ, are the dead in Christ physically dead? Or are you talking we die to ourselves every day? No, they're physically dead. And we baptize the death into Christ. So are all believers dead in Christ? Then are you talking well, physical death? Physical death. Everyone that has died in Christ died following Jesus, the way he said, will be resurrected when the trumpet sounds. And then all the people the Antichrist has killed will be resurrected when the trumpet sounds. And the few believers that have survived that haven't yet been killed will be caught up when when the, um, the trumpet sounds. Now, in this next okay. chapter of Thessalonians, Paul gets into, in the second letter to the Thessalonians, they start a rumor went around and a fake letter and it said that the resurrection rapture happened and they were left behind. So Paul writes them a letter in the second chapter to say, no, you weren't left behind. Don't believe rumors. Don't believe letters for until the great falling away happens and the antichrist is revealed on the world scene. There is no resurrection rapture. So all the people that are teaching that event comes first. If they would just read the second chapter, they would the second letter, they would un- understand the whole thing. But they don't. See, Paul didn't know about two raptures. He just knew about these people wanted to know what happens when a believer dies. And Paul said they sleep in Christ and their soul sleeps and then it gets awoken. See, they didn't know up to raptures because they didn't need to know the end times wouldn't happen for almost 2,000 years from that day you know so, okay. so he was so Paul was simply been shown what what happens to believers who die in Christ who die they sleep in Christ to be well they sleep in Christ to be resurrected at the last trumpet which is in the book of Revelation Okay. One more question then. You say in your book on page 47, you're talking about the horsemen of the apocalypse and the final three horsemen, the red horse, war, and then famine, and then death and hell follows after him. And you're talking about those horses, the black horse, famine, and the pale horse, um, which is death, I understand, right? So right. can you explain the white horse? Because a lot of people get confused about the white horse. Right? Yes, That's they do. In... They get confused about it because in Revelation 19, Jesus returns on a white horse as as the word of God. 
But right. this this white horse, this rider's been given a crown, and he's been given a bow, and he's told to go out and conquer and to conquer. That is a false Christ. See, it's an imitation of Jesus. That's the Antichrist. See, the Antichrist does not. He's also going to be riding a white. He's going to be riding a white horse too, right? Probably, probably would ride one at one time. But he comes as a hero. He comes as a, a Christ, a savior of all religions, faiths, and creeds. So through religion, this religion called Mystery Babylon, he held the whole world together in about a week, because every major minor religion believe will come. Um, right now, a billion Hindus await the coming of Vajavacha, the great Hindu savior. The Buddhists believe the fifth Buddha will so, soon come to, to, to bring in the golden age of mankind. Uh, the Jewish religion believes they believe the Messiah hasn't come yet. He's going to come and bring world peace. Uh, the Christian world believes in the second coming of Christ. Of, that's what they call it, of Jesus. And the uh, Muslims believe in the return of Iman Mahdi, the great savior. So all the religions are geared up waiting for their savior. And this guy will come onto the world scene and he will say, hey, you all call me by a different name, but he's the man. He's the one. And that quickly, he'll unite the major religions of the world as one and then plunge them backwards back into the ancient religion of mystery Babylon which is a very dark satanic religion that teaches sex as the path to heaven. Can you explain that further? Well, it's a religion based on sex, a religion based on sex. That um, God is the force in all things. The sexual force itself brings us one minute with God. So it's a religion that worships the orgasm. So you could see how popular... What's that? It's the spirit of lust. Well, it's the spirit of Jezebel. It's the spirit okay. of, uh, right, Mystery Babylon. And, um, yeah, so you see how popular that religion will be. And that's going to cause the great falling away. And then the Antichrist will eventually turn the world to, to kill Christians, to wipe Christianity off the face of the earth. And then 1,260 days later, on that very day, full sound, the dead in Christ will rise first, and the Christians that haven't yet been killed will be raptured up to be with them in the air. That's not the rapture event we want to be part of. That's the second rapture event. We want to be part of the first one for the Church of Philadelphia, God's faithful remnant, who were taken through the open door in Revelation chapter 4 into heaven. And then they're no longer called the Church of Philadelphia. Now they're called the 24 elders of God, the the worthy right. priests, the, the the wise priests, like the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Uh, and that end times parable, well, they're the wise virgins. Okay, can I ask you a question? The rainbow, Genesis 9:16 and Revelation 4:3. Um, there's a movement going on right now, taking the rainbow back. Um, because the rainbow has become a sign of this sexual immorality and stuff. What do you think about that? Well, that's 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 another prophecy and a warning. But they have they have they have taken the rainbow as their symbol, and also in, deeper into the occult, 
They believe when you die, if you follow the devil, you cross the rainbow bridge of Lucifer. They actually call it the rainbow bridge, and they call it the Anton Karana. So, I mean, the, the rainbow has been hijacked by the devil for a long time. And I'm sure when the when the spaceship lands and the Antichrist walks out, he'll be wearing a long white robe with a big rainbow across his chest. What spaceship yep. are you talking about? Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back to tell okay. you, okay? Okay, okay right good. back. Rapture.com.org, our band sites, and with me, my co-host, Lorraine. Hey, Lorraine. Hey. Hey, so I believe, I've said this since 1982, that the Antichrist will come in some type of spaceship, and um, that that will give the extraterrestrial spin on the whole Bible. You know, say 144,000 people around the world vanish into thin air. Well, everybody's going to be looking up, and I guarantee the world is so programmed today through movies and videos and television shows that people are right away going to think alien abduction. And then uh, the people of a religious faith left behind will think they missed the rapture. So him coming in a spaceship. What's that? Is this something maybe Elon Musk is working on where they beam you up kind of Scotty thing, you know, from like way back in the day? Well, he's working. He may be working on it. Yeah, they've all been working on it, but it's too complicated for them to figure out. It would take them 100,000 years to figure out how to do that. So there'll be, I believe, at least 144,000 Church of Philadelphia believers raptured into heaven. They'll disappear, and the Antichrist will come in a spaceship as the extraterrestrial savior. And he's going to put a spin on the Bible. He's going to teach that aliens came to Earth eons ago and created us. That aliens created us from apes, and they're our saviors. Now they've come back okay. to save us from and nuclear he's war. Going to base that on, he's going to base that on the pyramids, maybe, and the Sphinx and stuff like that? Or Yes. All, all those ancient Sumerian and earlier uh, monoliths, he's going to say they built. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Everything. So every it'll be an extraterrestrial gospel, and then the God of the Bible becomes like the evil alien God. He's the lizard God. He's the evil lizard person. You see, while the while the uh, the the good aliens are humanoid and, and Aryan. If I that see. word so sounds. What about, what about, 
artificial intelligence today. I mean, it's rapidly growing. It's uh, seeking data everywhere it can find data, face recognition, fingerprints, all this other stuff, DNA, and it's just sorting everybody out, you know, right down to their eyelash. So what, what about what about artificial intelligence? There's a lot of talk about that. Well, it, well, the Bible doesn't say that artificial intelligence will take over, but the Antichrist is going to make an image of himself, which will be artificial intelligence, and he's going to put that in the temple of God and force Israel to worship it as God. It's called the abomination of desolation. And right now they are, they are using AI to create a data, especially in America, they are creating a database profile on every American citizen. So when, when this event happens, if uh, they will know around the world very quickly who did the Church of Philadelphia was taken. The only question left really in Bible prophecy, Lorraine, is this. Is God going to raise up a real physical Church of Philadelphia, a one building that's preaching the truth of the gospel and where the truth of God is preached, the power of God is revealed? So, okay, well, there's a lot of people in this world that claim that they're the one and only true church. Um, why do you say they're not? Because everyone that built a church claims they're the true church. Well, one is the doctrine they're teaching is false. Everyone out there teaching a one rapture view is false. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They're not led by the Holy Spirit. They're led by themselves and the devil. And just so like what everyone. About one, what? What about once saved, always saved? Is that, you know, how does that play into all this? Well, that's another doctrine of the devil. You see, um, the, the traditional Protestant, the Christianity is based on the Trinity. And the Trinity is false. It's ba- the Trinity is, a pe- is paganism. It's based on the Hindu Trinity. You know, Jesus never taught. There's one God manifest in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Never taught that Hindu concept. Jesus taught that there's one God, the Father, got a Son who created, brought into existence a Son himself to be the Savior Mm -hmm. of the world. And then the Holy Spirit is God's active presence on earth. A person, but a presence who God created as well. So Okay, so we're... Where does Satan fit into that as being, uh, you explained to me the other day about him being an angel and not uh, Jesus' brother or something like that. Right. Well, he was one of the three created archangels. Remember, Jesus is called the only begotten son of God, created son of God. He was came from God. He's made from God. He's like, sort of like a clone. So he's, he existed before, he's well above the angels. He's well above uh, Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. So he's not his brother. He's his, really his, uh, his God, in a way. Well, his, uh, his commander, you could say. His Lord. Okay. But, because there um, are religions and faiths that believe that they are brothers. Yeah, they, there are. They believe a lot of things, but uh, Satan was an archangel that fell. He wanted to be God. He wanted to sit on the throne of God. He wanted to rule heaven. There was a great war. The angel Michael kicked him and one-third of the angels out of heaven, 
and they're down here on earth wreaking havoc. So the Trinity is a false doctrine. It, it came about, started in 200 A.D., and by 325 A.D. with Constantine, it became the official religion of Rome. And that's why we do not see in any church today, I don't care what people claim, we do not see the power of God in any church today like we did in the early church and like we did when Jesus walked the earth. He literally healed everything. He would touch a person and they'd be healed, or they would touch him and, and be healed. And, and you say from God has to be immediate. That's what you say, right? Exactly, and that's what we read. And as I said, when the truth of God is preached, the power of God is released. And I believe when we start this this small little church of Philadelphia and broadcast it all around the world, people will see signs, wonders, miracles, and healings that they've never seen before. And that'll okay. that'll. And so, what about the faith that? Um... You thank God for your healing in advance, and you thank him for all things that well, you're still not, thanking him for. It's, it's not a true doctrine because you're not healed yet. It's just like there's people that are coughing up blood, and they say, well, you're healed. That's just symptoms. No, if you were healed, you, yeah. you wouldn't be coughing up blood anymore. You know, right. a leper covered, thinking- pray to God for healing. And if you're doing his will, he'll heal you, and you can thank him that you're going to be healed one day. You're not healed yet, but he's going to heal you. That you could say. Future tense. I see. Because, yeah, because the other way it looks crazy. A blind man walking around, crashing in the walls, falling over chairs, saying he can see, he's healed. No, you don't see anything. If he said God's going to heal me, and then, bam, he can see, that's better. But if we're not doing God's will, we don't have his healing. So we have to be following the Lord's prayer. But that's what I believe is going to be no, the, the but, last. But, okay, well, I believe, what, Lorraine. What about, what about what? the people that are sick and they have diseases and other things right now, and they are living God's will, and they are doing his will, and he hasn't healed them yet, and, he's not, and they're not healed, and they're believing for their healing. Are you saying that they're sick because they're not following his will, but yet they are? Some may not. Some may be, and they're just they're, they're waiting for God to touch them, and he will. It's also possible that when this church of Philadelphia is born, let's say 50,000 people join it very quickly, Lorraine, right? And maybe every one of those people has a major medical problem, illness, a disease, and they're all healed at once. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would, but can you answer me, where did the church go that Jesus came and started then? It's almost non-existent. He says the hell not prevail against him, so that church has got to be here somewhere, doesn't it? It is. The church exists today as a small scattered remnant around the world, and it comprised of everyone that believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of a living God. So if you believe that, you're part of Jesus' true church. If you believe in Trinity, you're not part of his true church because it's a false god. Just like if you believe in Hinduism or or Islam or uh, Buddhism, you're not worshiping the true god. So 
you don't have God. But I, I hope to to start the Church of Philadelphia as a real physical church, one church on this planet that has the truth of God and the power of God. And the world should see the power of God before the, the tribulation, the apocalypse. And, you know, with, with the power of technology, Lorraine, we could take that little church and have a service on Saturday and Sunday and through YouTube. We, we could broadcast that around the world. Everyone with an Internet could have the Church of Philadelphia right in their own home. Well, that be amazing? Can't, you already, can't you already do broadcasts like you're doing right now and use, use YouTube, Instagram, all those other social media platforms that people are doing, TikTok, all kinds of things? Can't you already do that with uh, messages from this church, um, you know, the Church no, of Philadelphia? Not, or not the way we want to do it because we want people to have – we want an actual building laying hands on the sick, seeing them heal, seeing demons cast out, uh, something real. Okay. So that that's, that's what we want to have. And that would surely be a light to the world, wouldn't it? Yes, but, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been to a place before where I've witnessed that firsthand. And so I believe that the power of God is on earth, and I believe that there are healings. I've witnessed actual healings. And um, I, I have a hard time. Maybe they're part of the remnant. Maybe they're out there already healing people. Well, it would depend upon who they claim Jesus is. That's what it all comes down to. Jesus said he came. Well, we learned this in Matthew 16, right, where Jesus asked his disciples who he is. And some said he's a prophet, and some thought he may be Elijah. And then Peter shouts out, you are the Christ, Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, amen, and he called him Peter. And he said, he said blessed are you, for my father himself revealed this truth to you. And upon this truth, I will build my church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if you believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, the one true God of Israel, you're part of his true church. If you believe Trinity, you're not part of his church. It's that simple. Okay. So, I heard a rumor, Pastor that you look like this bad over in Romania that you um, are related to some ancient king that killed a lot of Muslims back in the day? Um, well, Vlad the yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah. Well, I look a lot like um, my grandmother's side was, was from the Transylvanian Romanian area and I do look a lot like him and I mean even Prince Charles he believes he's the 18th great descendant, great grandfather of Vlad the Impaler and okay. Queen Elizabeth believes she was the seventeenth daughter. Okay, and great so can granddaughter. You explain the import- can you explain the importance of that um person, that king, and what uh he did to protect Christianity and the belief of Jesus and st- I don't yeah, know if was right there. Yeah. Oh it's truly amazing because a million-man Muslim army was coming, and they were going to invade all of Europe, and they would have defeated Europe, enslaved Europe, and Europe would never have existed, and the United States would have never existed. 
they would have wiped Christianity off the face of the earth and everything would be Islamic. And we would, none of us would be here. We would not exist as we are. But God used this person, Vlad the Impaler, to stop the Muslims, and he did. In very brutal means. I guess God knew it took a worse monster to stop the lesser monsters. And he impaled, so, well, he, he the, the symbol of Islam is the crescent moon. And when the, the first great group of Muslims came across the, across the Carpathian Mountains, which is very narrow, they saw a two-mile-long crescent moon lined in all sides with 20,000 impaled Muslim soldiers and lit on fire. So that really scared them. And when he would impale his enemies, he would drink their blood right in front of them, and he'd send some back to tell them. So they were afraid of him. They didn't even think he was human. So he had, he did save. He did save us all. He saved Christianity. Now, we wouldn't be here talking about uh, Bible prophecy if it wasn't for Vlad the Impeller. It's just strange that I do look so much like him. Striking resemblance. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, so uh, can you tell me about um, the communion when uh, uh, Jesus said at the table, this is my blood and this is my body, it's broken for you, Um is there any semblance, you know, resemblance, not semblance, or whatever you call it there? Is there any connection maybe to what he was doing or what he, you know, I don't know. It's all speculation at that point. But I know Jesus, you know, he he broke bread and he said, this is my blood, you know, do this in remembrance of me. So can you explain that? Well, that was at the uh, Passover. And he didn't tell us that his body, when we eat the bread, it actually turns into his body. That would be cannibalism. Do this in remembrance to me. When you, It was matzah they had. It wasn't soft bread. It was that hard, thin cracker. So imagine the sound of it breaking, crack. He said, well, that was the sound of his body broken for our sins, and the wine was symbolic of the, his blood shed for us. So... Once again, that got twisted into many, many strange and weird things. So, okay, and and why are we as believers to do that? Why why are we to do this until he returns? Because it's something we do together as a little group, and it's something that's very important because it, it it reminds us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and his you know and. So we kind of are communing with him with these symbols. It's it's, it's important to do that. It, it's really important to do that. It really keeps you focused on what what who Jesus is and what he did for us. So that's something the Protestants got. The Catholic Church has turned it into a complete ritual, and the Protestant churches they seldom even have communion. I think they only have it on Easter and uh, Christmas. But, you know, well, I'm not, back, sure. I, I, I'm not sure anywhere, but I think the Catholic Church actually uses wine in their cup, and then they share the cup, right? Yeah, I think the Catholic Church uses wine. I know the Baptists use grape juice, which is kind of, well, they go too far. They say at the wedding, Jesus turned wine into grape juice. No, he, no, he didn't. He turned it into very strong wine. 
and that's what he the people were water. shocked at. What's that? He turned water into he turned water, the water into very into strong wine. wine. Right. He didn't turn the wine into grape juice. Okay. <laughs> but you know, back to Vlad a minute. A lot of this stuff brings up the t- the topic of reincarnation, and for five four thousands of years, people believed in reincarnation. And a lot of Christians believed in reincarnation, the early church. And Constantine, who made Trinity and Christian, that form of Christianity, official religion of Rome, in 555 AD, he made a, a doctrine. And he, and he claimed that the doctrine of reincarnation is heresy, false, and of the devil. And anyone teaching it would be burned at the stake. But there could be something to that. I mean... I'm working on an idea about that. God, get, could we could live multiple lives, maybe till we would come to hear the gospel and come to Jesus or not, as, as well, the son Elijah, of the living God. There's Elijah and, uh, well, the two prophets that are coming back that are going to stand in the square for three days, they're going to preach, and, and then they're going to be killed, and then they come back, something like that. Did, he, he didn't die, right? He was taken. You know who I'm talking about? Hello? Yes, that's 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 true. But the the funny thing about reincarnation is we don't really remember past lives, but we may have glimmers. You know what I mean? Like um, we we could have a dream, a reoccurring dream of a place we've never been before, or you wonder sometime why would a farmer landlocked in the cornfields of Iowa have a terrible dread fear of the ocean, never even saw an ocean. Well, could it be possible that in a past life he was a sailor and drowned in the ocean? I don't know. All things are possible, but I don't know if uh, if the Bible speaks of reincarnation as being a as true. I'd so, have to really look at that. Yeah, so when you look at past lives, it's poss- possible we only have pieces and glimpses of them. Because the purpose of it is to give us another chance to hear the truth and accept and follow Jesus as the son of the living God and earn your crown of life. So to me, okay, I so mean. What, what would be resurrected? The soul? The spirit would be used again? What? Because when we die, our flesh and body goes to the ground, obviously. And depending on our choices here is where our soul is going to go. And then the spirit always goes back to the father, I understand. So what part of that is being resurrected if it if there is resurrection. your soul your your soul would okay. be well reincarnated it's just like what happened to the ancient mayans an ancient mayan three thousand years ago he never heard of jesus he never heard of the gospel he never heard of the israel nothing so how is god going to judge him it's it's a difficult question i guess god could say he can't say, what did you do with Jesus? And he'd say, what's a Jesus? See, so he could he could judge him on what he would do with Jesus. But I think it's more likely, what if that ancient Mayan, his soul was reborn, and today he's a Wall Street executive walking around Wall Street? Well, he certainly has a chance to hear some of the gospel. And if he's here in the tribulation, he'll have a final chance to make heaven, wouldn't he? Okay. Is there any scripture that would support this uh, uh, 
what you're talking about, reincarnation? Yeah, good question, Lorraine. Very good question. Yes, there are, and I'm I'm working on that right now. Okay, so if you looked at it like the world back and Jesus came back and he spent 40 days with them, right? Am I correct? Um, And they actually touched him and he actually ate. Would that not be considered that then? Well, that was a resurrection because he was in the same body. A res- Reincarnation oh, okay. would be a, well, a different body. Okay. A, right. A person's an ancient Mayan and they die 3,000 years ago and their body goes into the ground or is burned up uh, and their soul is reborn uh, maybe today. So now they're a Wall Street executive walking around with a cell phone and a briefcase instead of a spear and a shrunken head. <laughs> you know, they're, they're hearing some gospel and they're, they're going to hear them. They're in a different body. So what happened to right. their spirit then? Because people have, you know, you can talk to their some people spirit. and it seems like they have, it seems well, like they have a really a wisdom and spirit, right? Well, their spirit, their spirit would transfer their soul. They'd just be reborn in the womb. Just like they were the first time. I don't believe it's an unlimited thing if it does exist, but it just shows me, um, it would answer the question, what happened to all the people that died through the ages that never heard of Jesus, the gospel, anything? Uh It does answer that question. And it answers other questions, like why do we have irrational fears we can't explain? And why do we have dreams of a place where no one is? How come a little five-year-old kid sits down and suddenly can play play a Bach on the piano? Maybe he was Bach, and that's why he can play Bach on the piano. It's just an interesting thing I want to get into, because the church has always given us false choices, Lorraine. You have to believe uh, one life, resurrection, or reincarnation, A or B. Evolution or creation. They uh, are a man. See, they always give us two false choices, but I always see the truth in the third, third choice. Jesus is for a man. He's the son of a living God. And God could mm-hmm. have just as easily created the world through a slow process called evolution versus instant creation. But one thing is sure, even clear about evolution, without a divine hand rearranging chromosomes and genes, all a frog could ever be is a better frog, maybe more adaptable to cold or hot weather. Uh, for a frog to become a mammal, a rabbit, you would have to have a divine intelligence actually manipulating the genes. And there was a few scientists that have acknowledged this, and they were kind of silenced. But evolution okay. cannot so come it, about on its own. It, so now you're talking about the cloning of animals. Is that what you're talking from their same DNA and they're making twin animals or something like that? Yeah, well, they've you're been trying to. to you're saying to go one step further in the evolution chain where the frog becomes a super frog or something then, right? Well, the frog actually becoming a, a, a rabbit, a mammal. Oh, I see. Okay. Or a chimpanzee becoming a higher chimpanzee, a, a primate. How how could so God could take the genes of a chimpanzee and manipulate those genes, and then in a, in a million years that 
that one line of a chimp would slowly evolve into what we call a modern man today, mm-hmm. where all the others would well, remain just, chimpanzees. Just, or you can believe. I mean, just, you can believe in God. God. I'm sorry. For those that believe that don't believe in God at all, you can just look at the divine design around you through trees and everything, the structure within it, and the cells and everything. How did that all come to be if there's not a God? Exactly. Or some people say, well, they, they believe in evolution. Well, guess what? Without God, there can't be evolution. Yeah, there is a there is a design to this universe. There's a there's a divine design. This cannot all be by an accident. It isn't. It's God, and then we have to find who is this true God. And Jesus came to show it's his, it's his Father, the God of Israel. So that's what that's uh, that's what that's about. Yeah, there is a design. I mean, look at a spider weaving a web. <laughs> How can that be an accident? Right, and then and then you know I've seen some videos on this. This is just crazy. Silk suits are made out of spiders, the golden orb spider or something like that, where they actually tack the spider down and they pull that that uh, um, web out of the spider, not the web, but the strand out of the spider. It's the it's like crazy how many spiders it you That's know. That's why yeah, silk so expensive. It, it's very, I mean, if you ever see a video like that, I, I feel sorry for the poor little creature that's, you know, being put through that. But anyway, because um, the creature's all great and small, and, you know, I have a tendency to try to save a creature that comes into my house and put it back outside or whatever. And some people would look at that as Buddhist, but I think it's just protecting God's, God's nature, you know, and not killing something just because I can yeah, well, that's that's true. Most people see a little spider, and the knee-jerk reaction is to stomp it into the, through the floor. But you can try to save it and put it outside. So, but yeah, but this the everything hasn't like. But back to the false choices. So the churches always want to give us false choices: reincarnation or resurrection, evolution or creation, Jesus, God or man. And the truth usually lies in a third choice that they don't offer you. So, okay, uh, on the order of things, the new world order, that's what it's called, the new world order, the new world order. Oh, by order, the way, seven know, minutes what, to go, Lorraine, seven minutes. Oh, okay. The, the new world order, the, the, you know, design of everything, isn't that going to be just total chaos, them trying to uh, take all the money, the world money and everything, and try to make it into a digital thing? Isn't this just going to cause all chaos for people? Well, yes and no. You see, the, um, the motto of the Illuminati, this global Luciferic elite in the shadows running our world, they believe in a motto that goes like this, through chaos shall come order, the new world order. So they believe in controlled chaos. By creating chaos, people will scream for order, and then they'll give them order of a new world order of Lucifer. So, I, I mean, I predict within the next few years we're gonna there will be digital currency there will be no we'll be living in a cashless society of all digital money there'll be a digital id card everything will be digitized so when the antichrist comes all he has to do is flip a switch 
and then everyone that takes part in this Luciferic initiation will be uh, given their digital uh, bank account. Those that don't will be locked out, and they won't be able to buy or sell anything, and then, then the, the, the violence and the war will begin. And, you know, the Antichrist so- is going to – well, I'm just saying with the Antichrist, he's going to control about 92% of the world population and all the militaries and police of the world. So he's going to have great power. Great power. All the street gangs and biker gangs of the planet, they're all going to follow him. A few, a few won't, but the majority of them will. So when you, you know, you're walking down the street, it's twenty to one. But it's it's going to be brutal. It's going to be the the worst time to be a Christian in human history is during the tribulation, the time of testing. And Jesus taught we can escape this in the first of two raptures, and that's the truth. But also, that's, go ahead. But also, the, on your book, in your book, the answer on page one thirty, I see that you say choose life, and you're talking about Revelation three seven through twelve, the importance of choosing. Right. Can you choose explain the, that? Right. Well, we have a free will, and. We have to choose to be part of God's faithful remnant. We have to choose to keep his word with perseverance. We have to choose to follow him in spirit and truth. Because the Holy Spirit will is always there striving to lead us into the truth. And we can say yes to the Holy Spirit or fight the Holy Spirit. So if you okay, listen to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll read it real quick. So people can hear it. Return to the Lord with all of your hearts. Learn of God's love and his true beautiful nature. Let Jesus Christ work in in and through your life. Become a channel for God's vast love to flow through you and others. Join the Church of Philadelphia. And then it says Revelation three, seven and twelve. Is right, that's and not it, the actual scripture? Seven and twelve no, though, right? It, Yes, well, that is the verses. The Church of Philadelphia is in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 7 through 12, yes. Oh, okay. So God wants to make you a Church of Philadelphia believer, but it all starts with the truth. So it's like, here, there's a path in front of you. There's the highway to hell. It's a big, wide, easy highway that says Trinity, and then there's the straight and narrow path to eternal life that says son of son of a living God. And we all have to choose. And a lot of people are confused by the Trinity. A lot of people don't understand it. Well, you can't understand nonsense. So that's what mm-hmm. one of the things we hope to do. We start this church. Basically, we're going full circle. We're bringing Christianity back to its original form in the book of Acts, the early church, to believe Jesus was the Christ, the son of a living God. And we do that, the power of God will be released in the most amazing way the world has ever seen. But they met in homes. They met in homes. And there's like a ministry I know of that actually meets in homes. And they well, don't they met in homes. They... Right. But, but we do need a building because we need, we need a focal point for people. We need a place for people right. to meet and broadcast. And it just would be nice if Jesus had one church, wouldn't it? One physical church on this planet. One physical church on this planet where people could come to. And they would come for healing. A place where people could come for for 
to be part of something really special. So, and it would be a witness. It would it would be uh, very clearly known where who's going to be taken and why. And we're getting very close now to the time of the end. And things are starting going to start getting worse and worse and worse. The economies are going to start to get worse and worse and worse. The war with Russia and the Ukraine is going to escalate now. Uh, Ukraine was able to hit a Russian apartment and and their oil refinery with drone strikes. So now they're penetrating actual Russia. And that's going to really escalate. China's preparing to take Taiwan. North Korea uh, is trying to build a spy satellite and a nuclear missile. Iran's working on a nuclear missile, which would trigger World War III against Israel would have to stop them. Um, the, the climate is changing rapidly due to polar shift. Uh, droughts are coming worse and worse. There's going to be massive food shortages. And the economy is going to be deliberately crushed. See, they want to control the chaos. And that's where we're headed. So I advise everyone, hey, today, accept Jesus as who he really is, the Christ, the son of a living God. And follow him in spirit and truth. And one day, you won't be here. You'll be taken to heaven in the first of two rapture events. To me, that's really good news, Lorraine. It's like I always said, be prepared, not scared. And that's a very popular slogan because I see a lot of people using it all over the Internet and putting it on their books and all. So it became a very pop. But that's what we want to be, prepared, not scared. We want to be motivated by faith, not fear. Just as Noah was called by God to build the ark, and he was motivated by faith, not fear. So this is an ark, too, but not of wood and tar. It's an ark of, of spirit and truth. So wow. we've got about 10 oh, seconds. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So we got about 10 seconds left to go, and I'm really hoping that we soon win this mega lottery and start the Church of Philadelphia. And if I have 20 seconds or, left. Or, or, or maybe receive uh, many donors that want to uh, donate into this mission, right? Well, all those things are possible. But at this point, at this time, I believe what the Bible code says, that a mega lottery is the way to do the impossible. So anyway, thanks for listening. God bless. Good night and take care.